Welcome to Alive and Thriving. I am not Jessica Reed. I am Tracy Harris. And I'm Jessica's friend. And I am her mentor and have been her mentor for many years. And I'm just so stinking proud of her for reaching 100 episodes of her very own podcast because I know firsthand what it takes to get to this milestone. And I also have the honor and privilege of holding space for Jessica and her entrepreneurial climb and the emotional journey that she has been on to get to this milestone. So I am here with you, her beloved listeners, in full support and celebration of Jessica and all that she has become and is becoming and all that you have become and are becoming because of this vehicle, this modality of the podcast and Jessica as your leader and friend. I was there when this podcast was just a thought for her and a desire that felt good and an idea. And I was there when she pressed go. I've been watching in the wings and celebrating with every episode that she releases and every Instagram snippet that I see and witnessing her listenership and the connection with her listeners just go up and up. So with that being said, let's welcome Jessica Reed to her own podcast and say congratulations on 100 episodes. On this episode of Alive and Thriving, I'm going to share with you one of the biggest shifts that I have made in my personal life that has impacted, had positive impact, really positive impact on my business. And this will apply to you for your professional life as well. Let's get into it. Hey, Jane. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually, I'm, yeah. Uh, sorry, didn't think I'd start crying straight away. Thank you. I'm, oh my god. I'm not crying, you're crying. No, I actually am. <laughs> Sorry. Your words were so beautiful. But thank you. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here today. <laughs> Yay. How do you feel not being in the driver's seat of your own podcast? Actually, I feel really excited. And I feel like in uh, I think over the last year or two years of interviewing people, I have felt like they have just started to become so much more just conversations rather than me worrying about like interview questions and being, so that's what I feel today. I just feel like this is just a conversation that is a really exciting one with somebody who I value very dearly and your words were just so beautiful. Thank you. So yeah, it, it does feel a little strange. But I love hearing you saying, welcome to Alive and Thriving. <laughs> yeah, how cool. <laughs> I'm deeply honoured to be here and I don't take it lightly that this is a significant milestone. And I have this honour and privilege of interviewing you. And so I'm just aware that so many of your listeners are likely podcasters or even thinking about starting their own podcast. So I'd like to explore that a little bit. Yeah. But they are also healers, therapists, light workers, and they're entrepreneurs themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be asking you some questions what your journey has been like in building your business up to the point that you have now, particularly in the last two years and, and during this 
time frame of having the 100 episodes because I just know that there are so many people that will be inspired and activated by your story, but also you have a lot of wisdom to share. So is it cool if we tap into that stuff as well? Oh, absolutely. I am very much an open book. So you can ask me anything that you feel, anything you feel like asking me, really. (laughs) Yes. So full disclosure, before Jess and I hit record, she did say that to me. She's like, you can take it wherever you want it to go, da-da-da. And I was like, ooh, so you are giving me full consent to be my manifesto self in human design. And she was like, yes, because that is how we're going to get the best out of this episode is if we are both in our power and in our truest essence and energy. And I just loved that. I loved hearing you say that because that is 100% spot on. Like being ourselves first and foremost is courageous in this world, in this time, and then putting it online in our marketing and you having this podcast, like being your truer self is going to attract people to you like a magnet. But it has that shadow side, that imposter syndrome, the fears, the doubts, all of that. So. Yeah. So let's just start there. Take yourself back to the very beginning of your first episode. How did you feel? What was it easy? Was it terrifying? What was, do you even remember it? I, my first episode, I wanted to really introduce myself. So my first episode was a deeply personal story that I have had, oh, countless. I couldn't tell you how many people reach out and say, I get it. I've experienced such a similar thing. So my first episode really took listeners through my journey of living in chronic panic disorder, having that sort of fear, panic attacks, illness, ruling my life to the point where I was barely leaving the house and how coming across EFT one of those kind of cliche moments, <laughs> finding EFT tapping, it, it did change the quality of my life. And not only because I was able to get relief from what I was experiencing and start to feel like a human again, but because also it sent me down this, this trajectory, this path of finding something that I was so deeply passionate about, something that lights me up so much that I have then gone and learned more and more about in terms of healing and and other modalities. And now it's led me to where I am. So yeah, episode number one, I remember, I do remember recording it. I can remember recording it. I don't remember exactly how I felt. Did you have a vulnerability hangover after that at all? (laughs) I think I put it out and I was like, oh, you're not really advertising to this. So no one's going to listen to it anyway. Like my highest listen to episode. (laughs) Ah, so was that intentional? Did you intentionally sabotage the listenership there by not really promoting that episode because it was such a vulnerable share? No, do you know what I think I did? I think what I did, because I, I have chosen, just like with anybody who is sharing their story, I have chosen the aspects of my story that I share publicly and the aspects of my story that I keep private. Mm. Um, so from that perspective, I think I, I had gotten to a point of visibility where I was comfortable to talk about that. Yeah. I had already been in some groups and things sharing my story. I'd been sharing my story a little bit on social media by that stage. So 
for me, that wasn't that then. That was probably wind back, I don't know, six, 12 months before that. But what I think I did in true manifesting generator style was say, I'm going to start a podcast. I ordered my microphone <laughs> and then a week later, I recorded my first episode and was like, oh yeah, I'll just host it on Kajabi and I'll do this. And I didn't plan like a big launch. I had no strategy behind it. So I think mm-hmm. for me, it was actually more just me responding and moving forward with something, skipping steps and without thinking it through. I love <laughs> that, that, that so much. That but I can recognize that and I can only recognize that because particularly in the last 12 months of getting to know my energetic self on a deeper level and understanding how I work and no longer shaming the parts of me. So mm. long ago, that story, I would have been like, I'm not going to tell someone I skipped steps and I did this thing without thinking it through because what if they then think that I am not capable or what if yeah. unprofessional, all those things because yeah. that was how you operate in a government job. <laughs> That's the mindset that doesn't serve you as an entrepreneur and it certainly yeah. wasn't serving me But for me to sit here now and lean into like my third line, I'm supposed to experiment and get things wrong and then come back and share with people how to not do it. That's why I'm here. I'm here to role model how I do things. So I feel so confident now talking about the mistakes I've made because I don't see them as mistakes anymore. And I certainly don't see the parts of me that aren't, a black and white right or wrong way I don't see them as shameful anymore either they're just how I'm meant to do things yeah deconditioned Deconditioned, like oh my goodness yeah and I just want to highlight the fact that at the end of last year inside of my inner circle mastermind I awarded you with our unstoppable award you see it it's I see it (laughs) And a large part of that reason, Jess, is that you are an empowered Jessica. Like you understand yourself and your unique energy type and you are working with that. And the more you lean in and the more you lower the resistance of trying to be anything else or decondition yourself, the faster the breakthroughs are coming. Yeah. And the more this podcast listenership is growing and then your business is growing as well. And it's just a really beautiful thing to see. And I share that third line. I am with you on the whole, yeah, let's experiment. Let's get our hands dirty. Let's see how far we can push this thing till it breaks. Okay, (laughs) cool. Broke it. Let's put it back together. (laughs) (laughs) But that's how we sift and sort and learn and speed things up. And that's important for people like us. And it's just so nice to see that you adopted or rather you acted in a very aligned way when putting this podcast together. You said, I want to do this. It felt good. Off she goes, gets the mic, puts out an episode and she's, yeah, I have a podcast. You do not need to slow down in order to have a launch runway and a podcast event or anything. Like I didn't have any of those things either. And I look back with no regrets because for me adding those things, it maybe would have slowed me down. Do you feel the same thing for yourself? I wondered. 
because I, I look at so many of my peers as well, mm. like in, in the mastermind I'm in with you, so many peers now launching their podcasts and things Yes. Too. And they've got these brilliant launch events coming and I'm like, oh, I didn't do any of that. And then there was that quick thought that was like, but did I do it wrong? And then I was like, no, <laughs> I just did it my way. And probably had I had tried to fumble around something that at that point in time, I didn't understand what a launch event you know what I mean? I didn't understand the purpose of a launch event anyway. I didn't have that mm. knowledge. I hadn't had that education. I hadn't had that experience yet. I was still launching a membership to my 47 people email list at that point. Yeah. You know? no, so- it, we were Delulu and it helps to act when you are a little bit delusional. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, ignorance <laughs> truly is bliss. I love that. It's like that. Oh, what's that trending audio at the moment? What made you keep going? And it's like, delusion that's what made me you know what sometimes the more we know the less we do because now that knowledge becomes a like another piece of resistance it's oh gosh now I'm supposed to have that so off you go and you learn that thing and then you create a project plan and a launch plan it's damn if you didn't know about that aspect of marketing or business you wouldn't have fumbled or slowed yourself down there. You would have just proceeded with less resistance. Yeah. 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 And resistance was a big thing. Um, I'm just going to speak about it because you've said resistance twice in different aspects and I've had the same thought come through twice. Resistance was a big thing for me. It was not last year, but mid mid the year before. First year in the mastermind, also the year I was doing my diploma in clinical hypnotherapy and psychotherapy and those that space as well and there was this one really defining moment and there's a podcast episode about this it's also one of my top rating ones and I shared it with one of my masterminders the other day because she was I could just see myself where she was and I was like you need to listen to this episode Mm. but it was talking about resistance and how I was meeting every single aspect of my business with resistance because I wanted to be further ahead than I was on my journey and instead of meeting where I was with acceptance, was the stage of my business, I was still so early in terms of my business and showing up every day, showing up to launches, even showing up to, to mastermind calls with imposter syndrome, all of those types of things meant that I was meeting everything I was doing with resistance. And the moment I had this awareness and awakening moment, it happened in a gestalt counseling class and the teacher gave an example of her friend with a business. And mm. she's like, she wants to be further ahead. She wants this, but she just, she's not accepting at all of where she is. And then she gave this amazing example of acceptance, which I use all the time. And it was that if you imagine that you are in a, a plane and you are traveling overseas and you're over the middle of the ocean and your brain suddenly starts telling you that this is wrong, you shouldn't be here. And you start meeting that moment with resistance. All that's going to happen is that you're going to cause a stress response in your body. You're going to likely go into some sort of panic state if you're on an airplane. But the fact of the matter is, is there is nothing that you can do to change that moment. You have to meet it with acceptance. You can't jump off the plane. Mm -hmm. And it's the same even with your business. You are moving forward with every step, but you need to be able to come into the moment and say, I accept this is where I am right now. It's what we do with tapping. 
when we start our tapping rounds, we start with acceptance. I accept that I have this problem. I accept that I have this thing because once we can meet something with acceptance, then our resistance naturally starts to lower. Then we get into that energetic space where we can start to become a match, where we can actually propel ourselves forward. But that doesn't happen in resistance. And so that was the key, a really key thing for me was realizing that I was meeting everything right down to the fact that I didn't like the way that my office was set up and I wasn't happy with the number of things, this and that, and all the stories I had. Yeah. I was meeting everything with resistance. But then when I stopped doing that, the journey actually became really fun. And I know you noticed the shift in me because I started saying things like, I'm experimenting with this. And, And even in my mastermind launch last year, you asked me how it was going and I was like, this is really fun. <laughs> yeah, There's no stress over here. It's just fun. And I think I really attribute, obviously so many contributing factors, but I really do attribute that acceptance piece to be, yeah, one of those kind of defining moments to that. Yes. Accepting where we currently are, yeah. allowing ourselves to enjoy and milk the fun of where we are in the journey, allowing ourselves to feel gratitude, allowing ourselves to see the purpose in where we are at a particular point in time. Like my business is just the right size for me. That was something that I used to have as an affirmation when I found myself wanting to be further ahead. It's no, 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 my business is the perfect match for me. And what I have the capacity to hold at the moment, so I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to find great purpose in all of the lessons and master and overcome all of the challenges that are given to me at this level, because I'm not going to be so foolish as to think that there aren't going to be even more significant Mm. challenges or maybe the same sorts of challenges, but now further along, maybe there's more at stake. So the weight of those little challenges is going to potentially feel bigger, but by then, I will have equipped myself with the resilience and the tools and the nervous system and the knowledge and the team and the structures and the systems and the people to be able to handle whatever comes my way. But in the meantime, I love where I'm at and I am working on mastering this right here. That was so freeing for me. So it's, yeah, it's interesting to hear you say acceptance and lowering the resistance and just allowing yourself to be in the receptive mode of what is happening right now with full love and appreciation that God or the universe does have your back and you've only been given what is right for you now. It's like you can rest and the stress goes away and it feels like freedom and peace. It does. Yeah. And it's exciting and it's aligned. And yes, there are challenges, absolutely, but they don't knock you down. They just, because you're equipped, you've got the resilience and, as you said, the nervous system to deal and the support as well. You know, yes. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I got myself here all by myself. <laughs> the people I've aligned myself with and the choices that I've made and the scary investments and all those things, they have all contributed so, so much to me being able to sit here and, and say business feels easy and fun for me and it's aligned and flowy and all the right people are coming into my world and I've found 
so much in even a niche, but just an area that I really love. I love being in the healing combined with the mentoring space. That's it just feels so good. Just hearing you say that, it sounds good. It feel <laughs> it's magnetic. It sounds authentic and genuine. And oh, I'm just so excited for you because what we want, what I share with my mentees, is we want to embody ourselves. Like each one of us is different. So we really want to get to know who we are. And then we want to have joy, which is our life by design, like our why, what lights us up. But then we also really want to tap into our genius and our unique way of contributing through our offers, through our business in this world. And I would love to talk to you about your zone of genius. Like what is, (laughs) yeah, how has that emerged for you? What do you think it is? I just giggle because I still freeze at that question sometimes. (laughs) And I think that's the whole re- wanting to recreate the wheel thing coming up for me over and over again. My zone of genius, I can say, very much lies in being able to get beneath what is surfacing for people. So I am really good at holding a space and seeing what's beneath it. And so that serves really well in in what I do because I can give you a a really concrete example of what I mean by that. So somebody came into my container, my private container, and she simply had a fear or it was a visibility fear. Not simple. She had a visibility fear. She didn't want to send emails during a launch. She did not want to be a bother to people. And that was what she wanted to work on. I can't send emails. I just, I don't know why don't want to be in their inbox, even though I know I should be or I need to be or or whatever she said. And straight away, my brain, yep, I can see what's going on beneath here. And so we started to bring her into her body and connect her down because her, your body is so innate. Like it knows where you're holding your wounds. It knows Mm. where the root cause of whatever you are experiencing lives. And if it's ready, I truly believe it can release it. truly do. And so we went through the process that I take people through and we came within one session to quite a traumatic childhood experience that had taught her that it was not safe to be seen or heard. And that came with quite dire consequences. And so then we moved forward in our next session to some de-trauma work in that space. And then she went and started sending emails without even thinking twice about it. And so if I had not had superpower, <laughs> if you want to say it that way, the genius to be able to see beneath the surface and be able to hold that space and facilitate that sort of process, things would look very differently for this woman. I also, I feel like in my zone of genius is also seeing a bigger picture. I Mm -hmm. really do have this capacity to really see, I can see the big picture. I can create, I decide something is going to happen and therefore it happens. (laughs) It really does. Again, that's why she got the unstoppable award because she was like, (laughs) even down to your customer journey and your 
marketing funnels, like you can see all of the pieces of the puzzle. Yes. I really can. And I always have, I've been able to very clearly visualize and see the end result. So I was, when I was 14 years old, I decided I wanted to write and choreograph and produce a musical. And all I could see was this musical being performed. And then I had the music, like I had the music that I wanted to use. And I used that kind of like auditory experience to help me create. And then I set my sights. Like I was just like, I just knew this was going to happen. And then I don't know how it happened. My mom was working at a school. We used the hall. She did something with a PNC so we could turn it into a fundraiser. We hosted rehearsals every second weekend for a couple of months and then performed it to 200 and something people. But I like, like that's just how I create. I see the big picture and then I just know. And if I know it's going to happen, then I know it can. Same with the Get Active Expos. I could see the big picture. The pathway unfolds when you trust in that big picture is what I have learned. Yeah. Have you um, shared the story of the Expos with your I've shared the story of the perceived failure of the expos. So Mm. I've shared, which, you know, even just 12 months ago was really something that I was still holding in my body. There was shame in my gut around the not making money in the second year, around losing money in the second year. Okay, everyone who is not familiar is going to be like, what the heck are they talking about? What is this insider story? Give me the tea. So the long and the short of it is, and you can fill in the blanks. Yeah. Jessica ran two fitness expos for the health and fitness industry. And with my own business, it was my business. So I was like, I want to create this thing again. I've got this vision. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. Let's just figure it out along the way. <laughs> yes. But then was it profitable? No, no. Were you in debt? Yes. Yes, I yes. was. Yes. And the story that you chose at the time was that to, I needed to make up. I needed to leave my business. Yeah. Yeah. Was that I failed. I failed. Mm. And to be honest, there was a part, there was someone very close to me that when I said, Oh, I think I found a way if I move to this venue and I do this, even though I was so nervous about it. And then someone very close to me said, Oh, are you sure? really is that really what you're going to do and and that was enough that was just enough which I already harbored the fear and I already yes. harbored the shame like I carried that shame as if everybody could see that I had failed and the fact is I hadn't failed exhibitors like we had nearly 200 exhibitors and a few thousand people through the gate it's just that my cost and my way of dealing with people before that. So I was like, oh, okay, you're a not-for-profit. Oh, I understand. Here's a free stall and I'll pay $200 for your setup. You know what I mean? That was yes. my money mindset and my beliefs that I couldn't charge people or they wouldn't be a part of it, that I I was taking less sponsorship than what I wanted, even though the advertising packages included like TV and radio advertising. Yeah. That- even you sharing that with that friend or that peer or whoever it was that cast that doubt, which then validated the voice of doubt that you already had yourself. So then it's some confirmation bias of, oh, yes, this isn't a great idea, therefore I won't do this. It was easier just to turn up to a job where I got paid, 
I was then pregnant as well. So that yes. kind of factored into the whole fear piece too. First child, really sick. Like I had hyperemies, whatever it is, for both my pregnancies from week six till the day they're born. So <laughs> that factored in as well. I just, there was just, um, and it's, but I just left it. I didn't pause it. I just left it with this like shame and failure story. And yeah, that, that didn't serve me for a long time. Um, but the interesting thing is, that when you applied to be in the Inner Circle Mastermind and you told me that story, I operate from a very different perspective and belief. And I saw that story as a story of experimentation, of entrepreneurship, of grit, of risk-taking. And I associate those things not with recklessness, but with the entrepreneurial spirit and an entrepreneurial attitude and the the ingredients of what makes success. And so I was like, oh, this woman, she's coming in. She gets to sit at this table. Oh gosh. And I, I love that that you've been able to share that with me. And it's taken time. Yeah. Like it didn't, I didn't just automatically adjust, adopt those sorts of beliefs. It took time for me to actually, but I also feel like it, Things, I truly believe that things shift when they're ready to shift. Mm. So for me, not shifting that belief really fully and truly in that shame until sort of March last year, that's just because that's the timing of it. I was aware of the story. I was aware it wasn't serving me, but I was still stuck in the loop of it. But I, I wasn't ready before that, I don't believe, to hold whatever level I was going to hold when I did finally shift that story and shift that belief. Yeah, because um, there so were probably like happens when you're ready. Yes, there were probably yeah. other things that had to shift first yeah. in order for that one to be able to come to the surface. Exactly. And it's the same thing with the women inside of your mastermind, Jess, and inside of the containers that you facilitate. Like they may be like we, none of us know how close we are to our biggest breakthrough. Yeah. And we are always closer than we think. But there's always a series of breakthroughs that need to happen for the like really big ones to be able to clear, but they are clearing as long as we're doing the work, which is what you're facilitating. And when these women come with these great ideas or these risky ideas, and when they're met with you as a mentor and with the other women that sit in this circle, and instead of being that voice of doubt, they are sharing with voices of encouragement yeah. and empowerment their success becomes inevitable. Yeah. And yeah, I just want to affirm in you, not just the work that you're doing on this podcast, because this it is accessible to the masses, which is such a beautiful thing. But then there's a portion of women that listen to this podcast that then come knocking on your door and they're like, okay, I give myself permission to step into this mastermind with you or how can I become part of the tapping circle because I want to consistently develop my practice in your presence and under your mentorship. That's what this podcast does for people. And so, again, just celebrating you and the consistency of the 100 episodes because it is a really big deal. Yeah, thank you. When you're talking about the milestones, I know this is something that, yeah, we learn along the way, but the big breakthroughs, we don't celebrate the small breakthroughs enough. Mm. 
true. I think we get so hyper, so laser focused on what we think the big breakthroughs should be. And I know I certainly notice with people that come into my world is that, and, and even, even in their healing journey along their way, when they're nurturing the human behind the business, it's like, oh, I, I, this happened and I set this boundary and this and that. And I'm like, are we celebrating this? This is a big deal. 12 months ago, you couldn't, you couldn't do that. You couldn't use your voice at all. And now you're saying, oh no, this, whatever, but you, we get so focused on what that end result is or what we think that big breakthrough should be that we miss the celebrations and mm. the anchoring in of those teeny tiny or perceived teeny tiny, but they're actually really not. They're actually really necessary stepping stones. Yeah. I just feel like whatever you are experiencing, so anybody listening, reflect back on where you were a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, and celebrate every little bit of that journey along the way like every little milestone every little yep. breakthrough all worth celebrating and the more you can get into that energetic space of anchoring into the safety of the small things the big things doesn't make your nervous system want to go oh hell no and turn back around because you <laughs> yes. found safety in it yes but also it ties into what you shared earlier around acceptance and allowing yeah. like allowing yourself to celebrate that you chose a different response to previously or that you put in place a boundary where maybe previously you hadn't or that you're now able to send emails. Let's not just write that off as, oh, now I can send emails because it's what does that shift now make possible? And it is all part of the ripple effect. And so I understand that so much, like that habit of stopping and noticing our growth and our progress, especially the small things, because that's all success is. It's this culmination of all of those small little steps forward that creates the big shifts. But we, if we keep focusing on those really big wins, like those big launch results or whatever it might be, we will fail to see smaller ones which are actually the diamonds yeah absolutely Mm. oh absolutely and the ripple effect I think oh my god if you go back four or five episodes you'll find one talking about this go back and listen but the ripple effects so I guess when you're doing this kind of work it's easy to think that the ripple effects are intangible because they don't form always manifest physically in front of you Mm. but if you think about the ripple effects of sending launch emails and then people actually purchasing and working with you that ripple effect is is helping them with overcome whatever it is they're experiencing and that's going to have a ripple effect into their life as well as into your business if you think about the ripple effect I had a message after someone came to a tapping circle on a topic about self-worth I think it was And she sent a message the next day with a screenshot. She got off that circle and she recorded, it went live, sorry, put her face in her stories, which doesn't seem like a big deal to some people. Oh, I know it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal for many. Yeah, and she said, I would not have had the confidence to do that had I not just been at that tapping circle because that's what she chose to intentionally shift in that space. But the ripple effect of that 
is a nurturing relationship that she's building with her audience who now gets to see her beautiful face and hear her voice and the confidence that she gets within that as well is going to ripple into so many different aspects of her customers' lives as well as her business, as well as her internal state. Like we can never underestimate the ripple effect of the teeny, teeny, tiny little things. Yes. It's all attached to this bigger purpose. Yeah. I have been reading A Course in Miracles Made Easy. Highly recommend for everybody. I just downloaded it on Audible. It's my next one. (laughs) Yes, it is the thing I listen to when I'm walking on my treadmill. And I've had many things that, as I've read the book, I I get excited about. And I'm like, oh, that's a breakthrough. Oh, my gosh, great aha moment. But there's one in particular that I just thought I would share right now, as you shared that, about the ripple effects. And they use this analogy of the picture and the picture frame. And as long as we keep focusing on the picture frame, which is all of the external stuff, yeah, so what? It's just me finally being able to put my face on my Instagram stories. Or yes, she helped me send an email. Whoop-de-doo. As long as all of those things are in the picture frame. But what is beautiful and what is the most valuable is the picture and it's the ripple effect and it's what we're looking at and it's what what becomes possible and it's the heart and the lifeblood and the essence and the life and the freedom that we're creating for ourselves and the people that we serve. And it's important because if we just focus so much on the picture frame and not on the picture, no one's going to a gallery just to look at a picture frame. Mm. But you can have a beautiful picture without any frame at all and everyone is still going to call it a masterpiece. And so that picture is what we are all painting. It's the ripple effect. It's our purpose. It's our essence. It's our work. It's our legacy. It's our why. It's our freedom. It's our impact. That's the picture. It's the relationships we have in our lives. The frame is just all of the technical stuff that is helpful to make that picture look great and hang on the wall. But when we fixate on the frame, we lose sight of creating a beautiful picture. And so like that for me was a lesson in that course. And I was just like, that is just, we do that all the time. It's Oh, we find ourselves getting distracted, especially those of us that are digital entrepreneurs and we're marketers. We're like, oh, I'm going to focus on this landing page and oh, I'm going to focus on doing this five-day challenge or oh, I'm going to focus on my podcast launch plan. And if that is taking all of our focus, it's taking it from the picture. We've got to make the picture beautiful. So I hope that my words landed there because I know it's a bit of an analogy, but I think <laughs> it's, a I think, one. It, yeah, like it's just a little visuals. Are you focusing more on the frame or are you focusing on painting a really beautiful picture? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yes. Hmm. Are you focusing on the frame or are you focusing on painting a beautiful picture? Yeah. <laughs> let's paint, let's paint the beautiful picture. I have a little question for you back to the podcast specifically, and in particular, your ability to remain consistent with a podcast. I just want to celebrate that because people start podcasts every day. 
people also think about starting a podcast every day, but they're not. And one of the things that they tell me is that they fear their inability to be consistent with it, or they fear that it's just another shiny thing and they're not going to be reliable. They're going to start another thing and not see it through. And I know for you as a Manny Jen, that is something that you have maybe, I don't know, carried around as a character trait of a Manny Jen, a personality trait. Yeah, Um, I always start things and don't finish them. But now I understand why. Okay. Taking their purpose. Yeah, because. I need from it. Yeah. So can you just share? It's like, how was a Manny Jen? Have you, where quite often that is the narrative. Have you been able to be consistent and get to 100 episodes? Yeah. First of all, oh, gosh, I actually don't know. (laughs) I think that there was probably, for me, a big part of it was that defined ego space that was like, I'm doing this. I've decided it's going to happen. I've decided it's going to work. When I started recording the podcast episodes, I really enjoyed it. And this has over a hundred episodes really helped me to realize that verbal communication, being able to voice respond to somebody rather than text them, all those types of things. That's how I really like to communicate. So Mm -hmm. when I first chose my frequency of podcast, it was like, I'm going to do it weekly. And then I thought, could I commit to that? And then my brain was like, oh, if you could batch four at a time, then you could, or I had all these sort of stories and what I did for the first few weeks or months was allow myself the flexibility that if this podcast wasn't released at, it used to be on a Monday, if it wasn't Monday, Wednesday, I don't know, it used to be on a different day, but if it wasn't ready and released at eight o'clock on Monday morning, that there was no shame or guilt around that. First of all, I allowed myself that flexibility. The goal was to get out one a week, even if it wasn't on that exact day. Because when I used to try and have a consistent newsletter for my audience, I, if I, I, first of all, the pressure I put on myself to have it out the exact same day and time. And if I didn't do that, I just completely left it. That pressure meant I had absolutely no creative thoughts, no creativity in my body at all because I was sitting there under stress being like, you've got to get this email out by a certain time. The thing is, and and I said this to myself with love and not from a scarcity mindset, but from a permission to not hold myself to that, what I was finding unattainable because I'm really resistant to deadlines a lot, I find. Hang on, you don't work well to a deadline. Is that Mm. what you're saying? Yeah, I don't tend to work. You find them stifling or? What I find is that if I am trying to work to a deadline, but I am in an emotional low or I am energetically drained, that deadline is not going to make it happen for me. All it's going to cause is anxiety and a migraine. That's Okay. So I try to give myself space. That's what I do try to do. Occasionally, like I will get, I can work really fast. So you you are outcomes driven versus deadline driven. Very much. Very Mm. much. Yeah. I like that. I love that you know that. 
Yeah, I've had to, but that again, that has been a part of learning how I best operate and how I best work. And so giving myself that permission at first to be like, okay, if it's not out at this time, no one is sitting on their email inbox waiting and going to have a go at you if you do not send this email at, if you send it at, at 12 instead of seven, no one, they don't care. Like yeah. they'll, they'll enjoy it when it comes and they don't care. Yeah. And, and so if, they, that, if they yeah. are caring though, would it be fair to say that they're not the right person to be in your if they cared and they said to me, ah, oh, hello, you were supposed to send me an email at eight o'clock this morning, then they're absolutely not the right person to be in they're my world. They're probably going to hate all other experiences or well, just not, right. not gel with the other people <laughs> inside of the world. Look, I can be a little scatterbrained sometimes and my people know that. They know that. But over this, particularly over the last 12 months, the systems that I've put into place, have really helped. And those systems have given me something to respond to and they've really helped me in terms of consistency. So I launched and I'm pretty sure I'm going to double check the dates, but I'm fairly certain episode one was on the 2nd of February, 2021. And episode 100 is coming out on the 2nd of February, 2023, four, where are we? 2024, see, scatterbrain, don't even know what year it is. But over I have, I've missed four. I've missed four episodes. Two, I was really definitely unwell, just not functioning and decided that it was better for me to not push myself to try to create something for the purpose of creating it rather than for the purpose of actually educating or sharing or inspiring. So I just didn't because I really truly believe that we can feel someone's energy through a podcast. You can feel mm-hmm. it like really flat and tired. And, and that's going to be up there forever. Yeah, exactly. It's evergreen. It's always going to be there. It's and always I have there. recorded some sick, but I said at the beginning, like, I'm sick in bed, but I've just had this like pull to talk about this topic. So here yeah. I am. Here that's I different. am with my nasally voice. Exactly. That's different. Yeah. That's coming from a space of something else. And then the other two episodes I missed when I lost my best friend and I was grieving. And so that, I again, permission to be human. So in terms of consistency, for me to stick out 100 episodes all weekly bar four over two years, and they weren't four in a row either. They were just, like I said, there were times where I decided to honour my energy rather than forcing myself produce, to produce. Produce, produce, yeah. yeah. Exactly. That was a big mindset shift for me. Was, yeah, and a huge celebration huge celebration because from someone who would maybe start, do you know, I started a life coaching course. Oh gosh, I would have been about 20. And I always had in my gut, I was like, I love coaching. I love this space. And started this course, didn't finish it. <laughs> and then was like, oh yeah, you always start things and don't finish them. Oh. And, and and wore that as a wound. Like, mm. Wore that as like a, a badge of shame. <laughs> And also a convenient excuse to protect you from trying anything new. Yeah. Yeah. We get, our ego gets to say, this is who you are when it's clearly not ourselves. Yeah. And it keeps us where we are. Yeah. So I'm going to share something really that I actually never shared out loud in this space. I even started 
stuttering a little bit when I started to. So I left school halfway through year 11. And anybody who feels like judging that I now feel like they're not my people. So I carried a really, a story for a really long time that I was not as educated as I could or should be as other people um, in my space. I, I don't know if you've seen how much study I have actually done. It just wasn't in the form of year 11 and 12. Oh, you are the most certified. <laughs> but now this makes sense. Your constant pursuit of having these certifications or whatever. Yeah, it is, was. If is, you see how quickly I was like chasing this validation that I was yeah. actually smart, that I could actually finish something. Mm. Now I look and I completely have this, this compassion for this 16-year-old who, by the way, went straight to work, managed a bistro, had a team. Like I went straight into this like leadership space in different areas of, of life. But I have this compassion for that 16-year-old who needed to pivot and who had to feel and believe for so long that she was inadequate or unworthy or uneducated or couldn't possibly help people because someone else had done a four-year degree in something that I wasn't even trying to help them in. But in like I did this comparisonitis of people who were more educated than myself, Oh, I can't believe I just shared that with everyone. <laughs> That's big. That's all identity That's stuff. Big. It was such yeah. an identity piece. And occasionally that one does still pop up a little bit. I won't lie. But that it pops up at new levels. Yeah. And that's just again peeling back and healing and releasing the layers of each level. So then I even had the similar imposter syndrome thing when I was like, I love working with coaches, healers women in business, like I have this natural role model line. I love being in this space of leadership and I love, absolutely love mentoring. I love mentoring. And as I said earlier, I've been able to now combine that with healing. Like that's just the ultimate for me. But I was scared to step into even don't call me business coach. That's, we're not going there. But I was scared to yeah. even step into working businesses with strategy, with, with even just facilitating those conversations. Because again, I had these stories of, oh, your business is only so young. But then I was like, hang on a minute. Let's circle back. You were 12 years old when you begged your mom to start a Nutramedics account for you so that you could go and run parties. You then were 14 when you were creating and producing these musicals. You were, you left school to, to work and to lead. And then you had a team at the age of 16 and you were responsible for their wages. And like, I think I've just learned differently. And you've what just I realized, skipped steps yeah. versus doing it the average mediocre linear way. Yeah. And there's you've something just skipped you steps. Me. There's something, that's right. I did skip steps. There's something you shared, particularly when we invest in a mastermind. And I know, I think you've said before, you've invested well, probably more, way more than I would assume now, the equivalent of a college degree, of a university degree in mastermind. But it is, 
And I'm probably getting close to that figure too now, I'd say as well. Oh, it only just gets bigger and bigger. <laughs> but the point is, is that like you, I remember you said, I can't remember exactly how you said it, but I remember you saying that you could go to university and you could do a business degree, absolutely, and then you sit in uni and you have all this time where you're learning it that way. But then there's the way that we're choosing to learn it, which is to dive in, to do the things, to skip the steps, to learn with our feet already in the water. And we're just doing a business degree differently. Yes. We're, just, we're just doing it differently. And so then I looked at all my experience. I looked at the the events. I looked at everything that I had gained from every single job I'd ever been in. I had always very quickly ended up in a leadership position. And I looked at all of that and plus the fact that for the last eight years, I'm the director of my partner's, his business, but I'm, I'm so proud I'm of you for of saying that. I'm yes, she is, everybody. <laughs> and so I was like, you can talk about business because you're actually like, it was just those small stories of all that one thing cost you some money. So therefore you failed. Like it was just those little stories that were actually keeping me from stepping into a space that I really love mentoring in and combine that with the energetics and combine that with the healing and that cognitive growth aspect as well. Like with all of those things, oh, it's just, I'm going to, I could just keep telling you how much I love what I'm doing. <laughs> but- that's it. That's the triangle right there. That's you, your joy, your genius coupled together, which really creates that freedom-filled business and freedom-filled life. But through that, you're enabling freedom for everybody else as well. And that one identity shift, like I saw that in you and it was massive and it was so beautiful to see. When you came to me and you were like, hang on a minute, it's clicked. I already am a seven-figure entrepreneur. And I have been a business owner since the age of 12. And then I have been the leader. I have this whole entire time. Like you are this woman that has invested tens of thousands of dollars in sitting in high level mastermind spaces herself, where she is actively studying, but also applying digital entrepreneurship. Of course you are fit to have this <laughs> podcast and have a mastermind of your own and be the energetics and be the strategy for everybody. So, hey, I'm just throwing Jess under the bus here, but if you are in one of her containers and if you have a strategy question or a funnel question or an offer <laughs> question or a launch question, ask her because she can offer some amazing wisdom, oh, but also tailor it to the individual that's asking. Yeah. Because you're very aware of not giving cookie cutter advice at the same time. Exactly. We are actually going through tomorrow. I have a bonus masterclass for my masterminders and it is a really beautiful offer creation process that they can take and they can tweak and they can work to their strengths. But it is such a blend of all the things that I've learned and now the way that I love creating my office mm. that I have found so fun creating the mastermind, creating the, oh, I was about to say the name of it, hasn't been announced yet, the <laughs> new program that's coming out in that's coming out in March. You know, this, yeah, this process is, is yeah, what I have found to be just this beautiful blend of 
strategy, with energetics, with vision, with all the things. And yeah, so we're actually going through that tomorrow. So I really actually quite enjoy the strategy. Yes, <laughs> she does. And all the things that I shied away from. And I am actually good at it. I am just confident to say I'm actually really good at it. Yes. Said with her humble voice. In my own unique way. Yeah, she is a weapon. She is unstoppable. And anyone that knows this woman is lucky and blessed to be able to have her hold space for them, but to also be that ear for strategy and all of the things as it relates to being a digital entrepreneur. Before we wrap things up, I've got a couple of last questions. Yep. Is there one particular guest episode that really stands out to you and over the past hundred and what is it and and why? I think it's actually the one with you. (laughs) No episode because it was one of the funnest episodes I've ever recorded. Why was Um, it so fun? Because our conversation, I really, I feel like in the conversation that you and I had on that podcast episode, I can't tell you what number it was, but if you scroll back, you'll find it. You'll see big picture of Tracy. But that conversation, I feel like we really just held each other in each other's genius. <laughs> and, and it was really fun. It flowed. It was really easy to have that conversation. And we just chatted about things that I love chatting about. Having said that, every single guest that has been on has been so, so vulnerable and so inspiring and everybody has come and they've shared their journeys um, in business, their journeys in their healing, their zone of genius in maybe gut health or hormone health or or mindfulness or strengths-led business strategy. Like we have had so many amazing people that I have been so, so honored to sit and hold space with. But I feel like the episode that I did with you gave me that confidence that I was talking about earlier to just have a really laid back, fun conversation and realize that I didn't need to actually be quite so, not prepared. I like to know a bit about my guests, but so like, down the line, that's not how I'm supposed to operate. And having that conversation, that episode really made me realize that actually it's so much more fun to sit myself back and just be like, let's just chat and see what comes up and respond. Yes. Trust in your ability to respond to what needs responding to, and then trust in your ability to use your voice. Yes. your defined throat to be able to communicate what needs to be shared and know that those words will land. And once you accept those parts of yourself as giftedness, you can relax and we can burn the scripts that other people maybe have to go and create for themselves. Good on them. That's how they're going to do their best, but you don't need that. Like you just get to rock up and have the outcome and trust that you're going to be able to get to that outcome. Yeah. And that is what makes a brilliant podcaster. <laughs> and you'll hear the difference. And I love that I can share this as a part of my learning and growth journey. Like you will hear the difference in interviews pre-Tracy and post-Tracy. You will hear the difference in, in my interviews. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. And feel Thanks. it. I'm sure you'll feel it. Yeah. 
That's so beautiful. And it's just, again, a necessary part of the journey. Yeah. Final question. Any words that you would like to express to your beloved listeners? Besides thank you. (laughs) Why am I going to cry? I, my listeners, I, I know that you are the reason why I sit behind this microphone and share. You are the reason why I have continued to 100 episodes because without, do you know I have some listeners who actually have messaged me and said, I have listened to every single one of your podcasts and I don't take that lightly. Like that is huge to have me in your ears every week from 20 minutes to an hour and a bit if it's a guest episode. Like that is not something that I take lightly. That is something that I hold with the utmost gratitude. If you're listening, you can't see like my hand is on my heart because I just feel this deeply. And the feedback that I get is always so, so beautiful. The fact that you can then come to me after listening to an episode and feel like you can then be vulnerable with me because you've made me feel safe enough to be vulnerable with you. Again, I don't take that. I don't take that lightly at all. And I I know what an honor and what a blessing it is to be able to communicate with you in this way. And I just really hope to keep making you proud, really. And thank my, you. my heart is pounding. I can literally hear it. Like I can feel it and I can hear it. The love that you have for this collective, for your people, is undeniable and can be felt because emotions, again, are another part of your giftedness, Jess. So when you speak, it lands. And, yeah, on behalf of every listener ever, I just want to say thank you for your commitment to the podcast because it is a labour of love and it is it's not something that runs itself there's a lot of systems and processes and time and also funds that go into running a podcast and producing a podcast every single week and you do not have to do it but i know that you are someone that is impact driven and it is important to you that you help not just the people who are ready or able to financially invest in being in your spaces, but you want to help as many people as possible. And so I see that. I honor that. I get the bigness of that. And I just say congratulations and thank you on behalf of every single listener to date and the ones that are yet to discover the magic of this podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's the end of the 100th episode with the host, Jessica Reed of Alive and Thriving. Here is to the next 100 and everything that becomes possible for everyone in this collective and for Jessica herself. It has been an honor hosting. I am Tracy Harris and this is Jessica Reed's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Signing off. Thank you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is so special. 
Wow, what a journey it's been today. We are so grateful for each and every one of you who tuned in to Alive and Thriving. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help us keep growing, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on your favourite platform. It's a simple but powerful way to support a small business like ours to continue to make an impact.